Well, if you have your uh, Bibles, if you don't get to say this, I say, this is my Bible. I believe it is God Almighty in written form. And today, the word will enter my heart, my mind, my emotions, and my body, conforming me to the image of Jesus, to the glory of the Father. Amen. I love that confession. All right. Again, it's so good to see everyone. And uh, again, just really encouraged with different people stepping out, sharing the gospel, and going to places, whether I think uh, Jimmy and Dwayne went to the city rescue message uh, mission last week. Or, but people stepping out and going places, doing things. And uh, I, I tell you, mm, there's a prophetic word years ago from one of my main spiritual fathers who's with the Lord now, Ray Patterson. He's, where I'm ordained from, it's a huge church, Dayspring. And uh, he said, you know, there are people that will come to you, but most people you're going to have to go to them. And uh, I think there's truth to that. Amen? And, and we're the ones to go to them. All right. Well, I tell you, I think we're going to enter into some real strong things today. Uh, we've been sharing on open relationship. We spent a number of weeks sharing scriptures that validate that our relationship with God is to be open. What's open mean? It means that it's open. It's clear. You can hear his voice. You can see his face through the word of God. You can experience his presence. His grace, his strength in the time of weakness is manifested. His strength, glory to God upon strength. It's real. And God loves to manifest himself. Glory to God. And we don't have to get God to manifest himself. We have to receive that he's in manifestation and enter in through his love, knowing that that's what it's about, being a Christian. Glory to God. And uh, so we shared a number of scriptures in John 6, 21, where Jesus uh, had gone to a mountain to pray. They were, had been rowing and rowing, and it was in the middle of the night. And Jesus comes to these guys, and he gets in the boat with He says, don't be afraid. He gets in the boat. And then immediately, the boat was with their destination. The boat was translated. Why did Jesus do it? Because he wants them to know that, man, the kingdom of God is real. Amen? Hallelujah. On earth as it is in heaven. In the sense that, man, it's, it's open. Mm, Jesus. The, the multiplication of the bread and the loaves. Uh, Luke twenty two fifty one. 51, when uh, Peter cut off the man's ear and the Bible shares, really, this guy's dying. I mean, he's losing his life's blood and Jesus just touched him. And, and there's a new ear. Glory to God. Matthew 14, Jesus walking on the water in front of the disciples, then Peter walking on the water with him simply because he requested to do so. We have not because we ask not. Amen? Glory to God. Amen. All right. And then we talked about being in the Spirit. The more you're in the Spirit, through the spiritual vehicles God has given us, the more Jesus is going to be real to you. First, the Word of God, uh, the love of God, the power of Holy Spirit within us. I mean, we went on and on in, in, in different things, okay? Your prayer language is prayer itself, okay? And then... Uh, Last Sunday, we talked about dominion or authority over the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world, Romans 
12.2. Do not be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen? There's an image that Jesus wants you to enter into. Amen? Romans 8.29. That he's predestined us. He's given us a destiny to be conformed to his image, which is amazing. But the enemy is the counterfeit, right? He wants to conform you to his image. And I tell you what, there's a lot of people falling under that reality. Man, you know, in the last days it said there will be a falling away. We're seeing that. But also there's going to be a revival. Both are going to happen, I believe, at the same time. So we need to understand that uh, life is not a game. Amen? Uh, the world, we have victory. Uh, the flesh, First John 2 talks about, you know, Romans 8, victory over the flesh. And then victory over the devil, big time. Luke 9, 1 and 2. We have authority, victory through authority over the enemy. Luke 10, 19. And we're going to hit that today in a, in a strong way. So let's look at a few things that, uh, that we have shared on to accentuate these things and then enter into what God has for us, okay? So we need to understand authority. Well, let's go to Luke 9, 1 and 2. Amen. Get some word on, the, on this. Luke 9, 1 and 2. Hallelujah, Jesus. Tell you, we're going to enter into a few fireworks. Amen. Glory to God. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. It says, Then he called the twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils mm, and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Evidently, healing the sick is a big deal to Jesus. Because it's intrinsic to every commission that he ever gave. Mm. And verse 6 says, They departed, went through the towns preaching the gospel, healing everywhere. Glory to God. Luke 10, 9, 10 19. It talks about, well, let's go right there. Amen. And Luke 10, 19. Glory to Jesus. We know these verses, but again, they're, they're just so powerful. So let's, uh, let's look at them. Well, that's verse 17. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. The devils are subject to you. The devil, are, he's subject to you. The devils are subject to us. We're not subjected to him. Whew. Glory to God. And it goes on to say, uh, and Jesus said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Mm. When you, you enter in, the, the taking back with the devil stolen, yeah, he may try to rise up against you, just like when David took the sheep out of his mouth. He rose up and David just destroyed him ever, the, the more. He will not be able to hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the demons are subject. There's again, the demons are subject unto you. But rather rejoice that you know, your name is written in heaven. Relationship, amen? All right. So when Jesus said he's given us power and authority, let's, let's look at this. It's delegated authority. It's through the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, 
and we lock it into a badge. You know, if a police officer gets uh, certified as a police officer, he's given a badge. Intrinsically, that badge is authority. Amen? To, man, if he feels like there's a, you know, he needs to stop traffic and to help someone, he will. There's authority intrinsic to him. That badge, it represents the whole, you know, the state police. It represents all Pennsylvania. There could be a hundred cars come that, to help him. We've been given a badge, glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mm. And when we enter into our identity, we see that badge is intrinsic to who we are as a Christian. Amen? And, you know, there are some people that impersonate police. It's a felony, and it's not a good thing to do. Amen? Somebody tried to impersonate the badge of Jesus in the book of Acts. And the demon said, I know Jesus, certainly. I know Paul, but who are you? And man, and the demons, they brought harm to them. So it's not about impersonating. It's about entering into the badge. Amen. So it says, I give unto you power and authority. Power comes through the anointing. You are empowered, given strength to be courageous, to enforce, glory to God, your job description as a Christian. Anointing. First Samuel 16, 13, the Bible says that Samuel took a big thing of oil, poured it over David's head, and from that day forward, man, he entered into a strength that he never had prior. He, he killed a lion. He killed a bear. And of course, he entered in to defeating Goliath, glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. The anointing of the living God is within us. How God anointed Jesus in Nazareth, Acts 10, 38, with the Holy Ghost and power. Anointing and power go together. Who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So anointing and power go together. Amen. We're empowered through the anointing of Holy Spirit. His life being infused into us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We are all anointed. Mm. And then the authority is released through words. You know, look look at, uh, there's so much we want to get into today. But when David came against against Goliath in 1 Samuel 17, I mean, Goliath spoke to him. The devil has a counterfeit. He was trying to, and he said, man, you come to me like, you know, a dog with sticks. And David said to him, let's see what we find this here. Glory to God. He said, you come to me with a spear and this and that, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's find out. I was in 1 Samuel 30. No wonder I didn't get 1 Samuel 17. Amen. Hallelujah. So David speaks. 1 Samuel 17, 45. You come to me with a sword, a spear, a shield. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. You always see above. 
the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day will the Lord deliver you into my hand. I will smite thee, take your head from thee, give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, and all on the earth will know that there is a God in Israel who saveth not by sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. And he received exactly what he said. Whew. Mm. We know the scriptures in Romans 10, 9. You know, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, and you confess with your mouth, amen, that, that he's your Lord, you will be saved. The word confession again, is the word homologos. We've shared this several times. The Greek word homologos, it means logos is the word of God. Homo the same. It's saying the same thing God said. Amen. God says, this is how you get saved. As many as receive me, to them I give the right to become children of God. John 1, 12. So when you receive him according to that which he has spoken, now you're in agreement with God. Amen. And that's the number one way we enter into authority is by saying the same thing God said. Amen. Why would you want to say something different? You think you got something better to say than he does? No. Hallelujah. Someone, else says, someone says, well, that's too simple. What? Jesus died to make it simple. Glory to God. Proverbs 18 says, life and death are in the power of your words. 1 Peter 4, 11 says, if an individual speaks, let him speak as though God was speaking through him. Wow. That's an amazing verse, isn't it? Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. So we enter in the understanding that we have authority and God, by his grace and his mercy, will cause us to be strong and courageous. And we're going to enter into this in a little bit so we can use our authority, okay? Because if someone just teaches or preaches, you have authority, they'll go, out. no, that, that's not what we're doing. We're, we're teaching, you have authority, but we want to also give wisdom on how to use it. Amen? Glory, how to enter into it. But we need to see that we are, we are those who enforce the covenants. You know, in Antioch, they began to call them Christians because they were doing the works that Christ did. Christ Jesus. Jesus is obviously the second person of the Trinity, became flesh, lived a sinful life. But Christ is not his first name. Christ means Holy Spirit validating, confirming the sinless life of Jesus in power. So as a Christian, how, how does that relate to us? Glory to God. Well, uh, Holy Spirit is a spirit of holiness, Romans 1, 4. Well, he can't confirm us in the natural, but he can confirm us because we're blood washed. Glory to God. We're the righteousness now of God. So he can now confirm us, glory to God, like he did Jesus. Not because of who we are in our works, but because we received, hallelujah, righteousness through his works. Amen? So we need to know when we speak, God's going to confirm us. 
Not because we had seven good days and won three souls that week. Not because we did everything right the past month. He's going to confirm us, glory to God, because we are literal children of God who have entered into the righteousness of God. Oh, man. And God says, I will confirm you. Just like I confirmed my son. That's what grace is about. Grace is not an excuse for sin. Grace is empowerment by the blood of Jesus so you can enter in to doing the works that Jesus did because of the life that Jesus led and because of his death and resurrection. Amen? But see, that's where authority is about. Glory to God. So we, we see we are to enforce. Glory to God. Hallelujah. In uh, 2 Kings 19, 35, man, the, the people of Israel, they were under tremendous, uh, it looked like they were going to die. You know, the Syrian king looked like he had leverage over them. And, uh, but then he, you know, they began seeking God, Jehoshaphat. They, they began seeking God. And, uh, Oh, Lord Jesus. 2 Kings 19.35 says, God sent an angel and killed 185,000 people in the army that was going to destroy them. One angel destroyed 185,000 people. Glory to God. Woo! Hallelujah. See, but we have to be the ones that stand up to be vehicles of God in the context of authority, okay? We've said this many times. There's a time to pray, but then there's a time to say and use your authority and believe. There's a time to seek, but then there's a time to speak. Amen? All right. Now, there is a battle because the enemy does not want us to use our authority. Let's get, we'll get get level and, and let's look at some Things where that the enemy uses, and then we're going to give the provision for every one of them. I put down nine things that, you know, people are unworthy. Well, I'm, I'm just not worthy, you know, to be used. And, and, you know, there's times we feel unworthy. The devil brings up our past. Someone says when the devil brings up his, your past, you bring up his future. Amen? Glory to God. But, unworthiness, not feeling equipped, mm. fearfulness, the prophecy said, lost battles in the past, outward appearance like it's not working, false doctrines, some people don't like battle, our soul, our mind, our emotions take over, we don't feel like going out in the battle, join the club, and not matter what you feel, Glory to God. It's a matter of who you are. David didn't feel like to going out in the battle one year. When it was time for kings to go out to battle, he ended up entering into adultery and murder. Man, how many of you felt like coming to church today? I tell you, I didn't. Man, I was so tired from ministering. I wanted to come to church, but I didn't feel like it. Man, and then everything seemed to go wrong. I couldn't, man, my watch broke. This can happen. And this happens like, Lord Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I'm sure glad I'm here. Amen. All right, let's look at the provision. 
unworthiness. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. We talked about confession. You say you're unworthy, God says you are. You think you're being humble by exalting what you think of or what God says? If God says you're worthy, you're worthy. Amen? I don't feel worthy. You don't know what I did. You know what? All I know is this. God says you're worthy. It's not humility when you are confessing something that's contrary to what God has said. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.21. You are worthy. Not equipped. All right, I thought I'm going to be fired up. Whose fault that? I'll tell you what. People need to go to churches where you get equipped. I'll tell you what. A lot of church, honestly, you need to go to church where you get equipped. You learn how to walk in faith and love. You, you learn how to enter in to walk in the finished work of Jesus. Amen? Well, I'm not equipped. Well, get in the word. That's God's not, it's not his fault. <laughs> Make a decision to get equipped. Amen? Don't shut me down when I'm teaching good. Amen? Fearfulness. Hey, you get intimidated, man. It looks like the devil has leverage over you. Man, you're hurting in your body. You're hurting in this and this. Man, something's coming against your kids or whatever. Man. Perfect love casts out all fear. Amen? Perfect love. We're going to enter into this more in a few minutes. Perfect love casts out all fear. Lost battles. Hey, Paul said, I forget what's behind me and I'm going forward. We've all lost battles. We learned from them, but I'll tell you what, even if you lost a battle, you still win the war. Amen? Don't let a lost battle where, man, maybe you let your flesh reign or, you, or you're believing with somebody and they didn't get healed or whatever. First of all, that's not your responsibility. They have to believe too. But you know what? You don't let that define you. Amen. Outward appearance. Sometimes it looks worse before it gets better. And doesn't mean that your faith isn't working. Amen. So we walk by faith. Oh, man. Outward appearance. One of my favorite testimonies. I think I have it on the table. Or a lot of people have taken these. Uh, it's just healed overnight. Really, it was nine years that, until she got a revelation that she was, was healed. But man, even when she, she went before the church, good, it's a really good church out in Ohio. Uh, and uh, they prayed. I mean, she had a tumor in her stomach, nine-pound tumor, her vertebrae sticking out her back. I mean, it was a bad deal. Young lady, I think in her 20s. And, and you know, she said, I, I, nothing seemed to happen. Two weeks, it didn't seem to get a, an iota better. But she was just thanking God. And after it was the 14th day, she woke up. That's why it says healed overnight. The nine-pound tumor had disappeared. Her vertebrae was healed. Glory to God. And Oh, man, just a good deal. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mm. Glory to God. False doctrines. Mm. Well, I just don't believe 
that I, I, I'm, I'm meant to take authority. God will do whatever he wants to do. That's a lie. He's given you seed to plant, to grow in your spirit and the faith. No, he's not going to do just what he, we have a part to play. You have to move the stone. Glory to God. No, God will just do whatever he wants to do. That is, it's just a lie. It's a, it's a, it's a religious lie. Mm. Well, I don't think it's God's will for me to have victory until I get to heaven. All I know is Jesus died for now as well as heaven. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Well, Luke chapter 4, which is the job description of the Christian, for you to share the gospel with everyone, bind up the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captive, heal the sick, preach the year of Jubilee, which is always now. Well, that's just for the pastor, or this is just for the elders. This is just for this person or that person. That's a lie. You're accountable because you're called that you are able to do everything intrinsic to Luke 4, 18 and 19. There's not a person in this house that is not called and able to do the works that Jesus did. Glory to God. Amen? Oh, here's another one. Well, women are, are just, you know what? They're, they're just not, they're meant to be here. And you know, they're not to be doing this stuff, really. <sighs> Neither male nor female, Jewish, you know. Seriously, are you kidding me? The Bible says in Hebrews 11, women receive their dead back. Come on. That's a religious devil. I was just thinking, Priscilla in the New Testament. Apollos became one of the greatest men, according to the book of Acts, in the New Testament. And the Bible says that Priscilla was one of the main people that taught him and discipled him with her husband, Aquila. So much for that, huh? I put something on your table, uh, Kathy duplicated them. It's just a powerful testimony. I love it. Man, there's a woman, Kim Meter as her name, and I, I, she was, uh, has a branches for kids who have been abused, I believe, and horse ranches. But man, she was uh, in a, um, a wilderness place. Somehow she got away from her party, and there was a mountain lion that's just ruthless. It's one of the most deadly killers in the animal kingdom. This mountain lion, you can look if you have that on your... Man, you can look at it. It's, it's a, a man, it's just horrendous. This thing can go... This spring, springs up and can go 14 feet high. It can just, without a running start, can jump 40 feet this way. And it's a, a stealth predator. It gets behind you, jumps, and, and you're dead. So she's out in the wilderness. And see, God always gives provision. Uh, she was looking for, uh, she says, wherever she goes, uh, you know, when uh, animals, uh, you know, they shed their horns. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's deer or elk or whatever. I've done this with my grandson different times. You're hunting for, you know, that horns have been shed. And she comes across these two huge horns. I believe they're elk. 
And, and God says, she said, wow, what are these for? It's awesome. And God says, man, I, 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 you know, they're weapons. And she just started rejoicing. And God shared his heart and said, you know, I'm so hurt, angry that the devil is just bringing destruction to my people. And moments later, she's face to face. I mean, like 10 feet with this mountain lion ready to kill her. And she says, what do I do? And her grandfather is a wilderness guy, and he taught her, never back up, make yourself bigger. And she said, usually I have stuff I carry with me, but I just got off the plane. I don't have my knives or weapons. And he said, I gave you these two antlers. So uh, she puts the antlers up overhead to make her bigger, and the mountain lion comes towards her. He's within five feet now. Now he's within three feet. And she says, Lord, what do I do? He said, take the antlers and you pierce the mountain lion. Whoa. Wow. But, so she lunged at it, and it went, she, but she missed. And she got up again, face to face with this thing. And she put the antlers in his face and he left. Wow. Glory to God. This is real. She's on Sid Roth giving a very emotional testimony. And she just rejoiced in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So that's a religious lie that a woman somehow is in. Can't, oh, it's just a lie. All right. Some people, the next one, we'll go quick because I want to get into some other stuff. Don't like battle. I want to tell you something. Can I, can I tell you something? You don't have an option. If you don't like battle, you're going to get it anyways. Because if you don't run to the battle, the battle will run to you. And I would rather run to the battle and have leverage than the enemy coming to my house. Amen. You can get tired in the battle and ask for grace. That's okay. But you don't get tired of the battle. You can't win victories if you're not in battle. <laughs> and there are battles. But I'll tell you what, Jesus does not lose. He will cause us to triumph. In battle, we need to love battle. Mm. And I have a Bible cover. I have it on a lot of stuff I buy. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. That's a big one. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. He's the key. He's the key. Battle can be intimidating. Man, it can, it's real. But Jesus is with us. He's the fourth man in the fire. And under the new covenant, he's within your spirit that empowers you. In a way that he empowered Jesus. Amen. The eighth one's your soul. Man, your mind can give you fits. Well, you know what? Man, grandma died from this. My mom died from this. And now I've got these symptoms. I'm here to tell you something. The Bible says we've got the mind of Christ. I have empathy. But the deal is this. You've got to enter into the mind of Christ. Again, it's not about your genealogy. It's about the blood of Jesus. It's not about 
what the natural says. It's about Jesus. Amen? Glory to God. All right. The last one, spirit of unbelief can try to come. It's just a spirit that tries to make you think you don't believe when you do. It's like a blanket that can come to you. It can come out of your soul because of a battle you may have lost in the past. You know somebody you respect lost a battle. Or just a spirit of unbelief just tries to come on you. Just tell it to leave. Amen? Amen? Don't debate the devil. Take authority over the devil. Do you ever get in the flesh, you know, in the sense of, I tell you, sometimes, you know, when you have to pay a bill or something, and you're calling somebody, I guess I'm the only one. I tell you what, Kathy was upstairs, and I'm downstairs. And I just got in the flesh. I'm like, have you not heard me? This is the third time I told you. And the Lord spoke to me and said, it's a recording. <laughs> it's a recording. And I thought, no wonder it did. <laughs> and I said, oh, Lord Jesus, I'm really out of it. Please help me. You know what I'm saying? But I tell you what, we need to enter in to the mind of Christ. Amen. Glory to God. All right. Now here's, and it goes with these prophetic words. Authority and love go together. If you enter into the message of authority without the love of God, first of all, it's not going to work. But if you try to make it work, one, you're going to get disillusioned because you're going to try to in the flesh to make it work, to be honest with you. And second, authority and love go together. The reason God has given us weaponry, I think Kathy had that word, the reason God has given us weaponry that's overwhelmingly greater than the enemy is because he loves you. He doesn't want you hurt. The weaponry of God is simply the reality of Father loving us so much that he doesn't want to see us hurt. It's as simple as that. Isaiah 53, 4 says, Jesus has borne in infinite suffering our griefs and our sorrows. Matthew 8, 17 reiterates that, of course. Mark 1, 32 does as well. Well, that's the blood of Jesus. We overcome by the blood of Jesus right in the word of our testimony. There's nothing that can withstand the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. The word of God, it's words of fire. Man, glory to Jesus. Philippians 1.28 says, then when you see God's given us a sword of fire. It's in our spirit. And it comes out of our mouth. It's like it did to Jesus. Do you ever read the book of Revelation? There was swords of fire coming out of his mouth. The Bible says when you take up your sword, Philippians 1:28, rather than backing down. In fear, 
It's a sign of destruction to the enemy. There's a heavy-duty verse in Jeremiah 48, I believe it's verse 10. It says God really abhors two things. And it's those who do things deceitfully and those who keep back their sword from shedding blood. Now, we're not talking about hurting people. We're talking about principalities and powers. A sword that is not used. Now, this is strong. A sword that is not used is taking the name of Jesus in vain. The word of God in vain. Not in a sense of cursing, you know, that way. If you've been giving a sword, the word of God, you don't speak it. What Jesus has given you, when I say in vain, it means it it is useless. A sword on the shelf, when it should be in your hand, is useless. There's more people in the United States of America that have so many Bibles on their shelves, but it's not in their heart. And then a lot of us as Christians, we have the word in our heart. But we don't destroy principalities and powers with it. See, it's not, God has given us weaponry, the Holy Ghost. Woo! I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, who infuses the life of Jesus in me. You put that with Philippians 1.21. So it's not I who live, but Christ who's living through me. Wow. Man. Holy Spirit. Man, I was praying for the privilege to pray for someone. They were real, real bad physically. Real, real bad. And uh, God just very supernaturally, I never... It was one of those deals, the Bible was just open to this. I didn't even have it open. I didn't even know I had it open. Psalm 147. And uh, someone, they had a real, real bad case, cancer. So I asked, and, and I, I just gave these verses. I said, well, I, I gave uh, the verse of the Satorian and some other verse, just how God touched the leper Hallelujah, Jesus. And, and, and it says the, the Lord takes, uh, Psalm 147, uh, 11, Lord takes pleasure in them that fear him and those that hope in his mercy. And man, I said, Lord, I never saw that verse for whatever reason. And then in verse 15, he sends forth his word upon the earth. His word runs quickly to the need. And I said, the word of mercy is running to you. And something happened. I mean, I got a text to read it, but I'm not. I mean, this person couldn't even lift their hand. It was the first time in weeks that they brushed their teeth that night. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Verse 18, he sends forth his word and melts the enemy. Ooh, glory to God. Hallelujah. 
All right. Well, there's so much we can enter into and how much time we have left. But the bottom line is this. Well, let's look at Ephesians uh, 2.6. See how far we can get. Guys, God has given us weaponry to win because he loves us. He loves us. We don't fight. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 with, with weapons of the flesh. We fight with weapons of divinity, it says. Woo, glory. But see, it all comes down to love. God didn't give you his word to frustrate you. He said, oh, I got to get in the word. God gave you his word because he loves you and wants to get his life in you so you have dominion and authority in this life. Amen? Whew. It really comes down to the love of God. It comes down to the love of God. Man, hallelujah, Jesus. We're going to hit this. Uh, boy, there's so much. Uh, Holy Ghost. I'm sorry, Philippians chapter 2. Let's look at verse 9 and 10. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every name shall bow of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Now that's in the day of judgment, that last part. Every person on earth that has ever lived is, is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. They're either going to do it on this earth and in this life under salvation, or they're going to do it in fear when they see the reality of the gospel. But it's going to be too late. We're going to enter into this. I'm not going to get into all this today because we're going to enter into authority in the name of Jesus next Sunday. But I tell you what, there is no name. No name. They can stand against the name of Jesus. You know, the Bible says in uh, Matthew eleven twelve 12 that uh, victory is won by those who are violent. And Jesus said in the context of warfare, those who are strongest win. Glory to God. Think about this. And I use Exodus 7 a lot because it's a, a very simple example. We know the deal. Aaron threw down the rod of Moses and became a snake. All the uh, so-called wise men, sorcerers, diviners, they threw down their rods. So there's like a thousand, they became snakes. A thousand snakes to one snake. And of course the snake of God ate up the other snakes. Whatever the name is, bipolar, dyslexia, cancer, whatever name that would plague us, condemnation, fear, selfishness, whatever it is. You put that name there and you put the name of Jesus. Everybody likes battle in some way, some ways, right? 
That's why we like sports or whatever. We hunt, whatever. And I tell you what, I like what we did with Youth with a Mission last night. It was called Encounter. So the name of cancer, which causes fear in many, and I understand in the natural, but we're not in the natural. And you put the name of Jesus beside it. And you ask yourself, well, there's going to be a collision. Who's going to come out? Cancer or Jesus? Amen? Glory to God. Glory to God. In the name of Jesus. What a weapon. We can look at so many. We'll look at a lot of scriptures tomorrow, next Sunday. I think the Lord wants us to see this other aspect of love. This is strong, but your love for others. I tell you, faith works by love. This is strong, but God speaks to this to me all the time. If you don't love somebody enough to believe in them, even when it looks like they shouldn't be believed in, then you have no right to take authority for them in their lives. I know that's strong. Man, there are a lot of people that struggle at times. Sometimes we don't know the struggle. God's saying you're doing well. We look at them and say, Where, where's your faith? Is that? And, and God's saying, I see their faith. And man, if you were in this situation, you wouldn't be doing half as good as them. I'm being honest. So you love them. You don't uncover them. You love them. You love them. Love gives you the right to take authority on their behalf. The centurion, he said, my servant is grievously tormented. Jesus, 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 help him. He loved his servant. He loved his servant. Can I tell you something? When you love somebody, you will risk, you will put yourself at risk. You will put yourself at risk. Well, you shouldn't go to them because they've done this. <laughs> As if any of us would be saved if Jesus didn't come to us. Man, in Mark 5, Jairus, he risked everything he had. He was head of the synagogue. His bosses hated Jesus. And he said, I don't care if I lose my position. I don't care what they do to me. My daughter's dying. He loved his daughter enough to put himself on the shelf and to risk everything. And she was raised from the dead. You know why? Because of the love that he had for her. What if he didn't go to Jesus and said, you know what? Hey, I'm going to lose everything 
I, I hope she'll get okay. What if we didn't come to Jesus? She would have been dead, man. But he loved her. He came to Jesus. Because you know why? He knew Jesus had authority. He had authority over death. He didn't need empathy. He needed someone that had authority. And all Jesus said was, Talitha Kumai, little girl, I say unto you, arise. And she was well. Glory to God. Mm. Authority and love go together. Amen. All of us, I'm sure, have testimonies that we can share with others. Or I'm sure this before, but it was just a, I was a younger Christian. Uh, a, a girl that we, Kathy and I, discipled, and she had gone through hell. She had been horribly abused. And uh, she came to a Bible study that I was teaching on campus. And uh, she was on heroin. And after the meeting, I just shared about the Father heart of God, sharing the love of God. And she came and shared how she had been horribly harmed. And then her church was, I thought it it wasn't, you know, shared, well, that was God's will so you could be more empathetic to others of like plight. I said, man, if I believed that, I'd be on heroin too. I said, that was the devil trying to kill you. So she came to Jesus, and we did a lot of counseling, and then she's on fire for God, big time, and I got a call. There's a guy who's one of the perpetrators that harmed her. He was in jail, not, but he did, did her for something else. Long story short, jail soon, and somehow that he was coming to see her, and she was hysterical. And I was a younger Christian, but I, I, it had to be the Spirit of God. And I, I just said, I come in an audience with a demon that is controlling this man. Now I, I sense this demon. And I, I just said, I command you in the name of Jesus. You, your influence is broken. And I said, Father, I just receive you doing in your love whatever you need to do to stop this man. And long story short, I mean, just days before getting out of prison, he got in a fight with the prison guard. Why would you do that? And uh, got like five more years. And she called back and said, well, I know I'll be safe for the next five years. I said, you'll be safe the rest of your life. But see, we have to take authority. Amen? Intercession is powerful. It's you taking authority. Standing in the gap between someone who's going to be harmed. And you're standing in the gap between them and the enemy that's going to harm. Glory to God. Intercession is so powerful. Uh, <clears throat> the first year I taught high school at Clearfield, pretty amazing. I heard that uh, a guy was coming to do a revival in the gymnasium. I, it was in October. I just started teaching in August. It was at Clearfield High School. Well, I said, who is the guy? They said, David Wilkerson. <laughs> David Wilkerson's coming to our school, right? How many of you are familiar with David Wilkerson? Just amazing, right? Crossing the switchblade. He started Teen Challenge. I mean, you know, I started a big church in uh, New York City. Uh, he's with the Lord now. 
been, uh, it's like, wow. And he's a tough guy. He shares pretty straight up. Uh, uh, two of my best friends ministered literally with him on the street. They said David's pretty strong. <laughs> and he has a lot of words of knowledge. Uh, they were, they were uh, witnessing with him in Philadelphia. And uh, David had a word. He said, uh, he preached just for about 20 minutes. He said, there's someone here. I think he said, like, 25 years ago, you're on heroin. I don't know how you could be on heroin and not die. You're still on heroin. You heard me preach 25 years ago, and you never came to Jesus. And you're here right now. He pointed to a guy. He said, I'm the man. And that man came to Jesus. But David just went. In a lot of places, most people would never go. When he went to New York City and started Teen Challenge, you know, there's a gang member and uh, who's going to kill him. And that's where he'd get crossed in the switchblade. He had a switchblade to his throat. And David had left a little town, a little Seventh-day God church in Phillipsburg, which is real close to Clearfield. To go, he, he, you know, he had Lord played on it, laid on his heart to go there for a time period with his wife, the agreement, and three kids. And he said, you know what? If you kill me, and you cut me in pieces, and this guy had killed people, he said, every piece that you cut up will cry, I love you. That's a true story. It's a true story. And Jesus came in the midst of that. You see, so David takes authority a lot. He's known for that. Man of authority. A guy that became one of my very best friends I ministered on the street with a lot when I was in Clearfield. He was on the top of the gymnasium and uh, David in the middle was preaching and it was packed out. He stops, he climbs, uh, I mean right in front of everybody, makes his way up to this guy, his name is Bob. He says, you know what? He says, you're the biggest drug dealer in town. Lady you're living with is not your wife. He went on and on. He said, but Jesus loves you. He's calling you now. And Bob said, what can I do? <laughs> he said, I came to Jesus. And he became a really good street preacher, good, really good friend of mine. In fact, uh, when Kathy and I were renting an apartment, they basically gave us a trailer that was in Houtsdale, outside of uh, him and his wife, outside of Clearfield. Love and authority go together. How do you know your authority is going to work? Because Jesus gave it to you. He didn't give you something that doesn't work. Amen? If you need a washing machine, you go and buy it. You don't say, oh my God, you get home. I wonder if it's going to work. Seriously? That's why you have a warranty, right? <laughs> what Jesus gives us works. Hallelujah. Isn't that the gospel? Nothing else works. Seriously, nothing else works. My friend who became one of my best friends, he wouldn't have got saved. But what David did in that word of knowledge, that worked. Amen. Glory. Woo. We need to know that God, as we're in love and in faith, we don't have to fear the battle. 
because of the power of our weaponry. Because of the strength of our weaponry. So that frees us up because it's not about you and it's not about me. Jimmy doesn't go to someone, to a demon, and says, come out in the name of Jimmy. Right? I don't think you do anyways. <laughs> no. Come out in the name of our Christian Center. No. You come out in the name of Jesus. He loves us. He loves us. He's given us weaponry. He will teach us how to use it. He is teaching us how to go into battle. He's teaching us not to be afraid of the weaponry. And again, you don't have to be perfect to use it. It does a good job pretty much by itself. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. It will produce results. You have the right to use it, really the obligation to use it. And the exciting thing is this. It really is rooted in the love of God. It's rooted in the love of God. The weaponry is rooted in the love of God. Not so you can make a name for yourself, not because it say, well, look at this. But it's, it's rooted in the love of God. If you're listening to this in, in Jesus' name, we lose the love of God to you and want you to know that when the devil says that there's no provision, don't buy the lie of Romans 7, the things you want to do, you can't do this. It's a lie in the sense of how it's interpreted. That's the person that walks in their own strength. Romans 8 says, the resurrection power of Jesus will reign through you. We break that lie. We loosen Jesus' name, the love of God to you. I sense there's a lot of people saying, I need this. We lose the provision to you. And if you're unsaved, we lose the provision of Jesus as Savior.